was happening? This is your host, the Wizard of Waz, Benji Wozniak, with our co-host, Kira. And this month, we're going to do nothing but horror movies. And we're going to kick it off with Night of the Living Dead. I think, um, well, October, best month of the year. I love, this is this is when I thrive. Actually, my one-year anniversary of when I first did Scream is coming up. So it's a, it's an exciting time. Um, nothing better to kick it off with than Night of the Living Dead. Um, a sen- a sem- seminal, seminal, is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. Oh, uh, it's like a seminal movie, I think, in the horror community and in um, zombie franchises, as well as just like classic films. Um, I think it's the film most um, recognized by George Romero. I don't know if you have a different perspective of that, um, but I'm excited to be covering it. I'm excited to be covering horror this month. Um, I know we've had a few weeks off. I'm excited to be back. Let's let's have a great time. Let's dive in. So, Ben, uh, were you alive in 1968 when this movie came out? I was not. I was born in 1969, <laughs> a year after. So, okay. so I wasn't that old. I mean, I'm old, but I wasn't that old. And I actually didn't see the original at first. I saw the remake with um, uh, Tony Todd from uh, yes, from, from um, Candyman. Candy yeah, cool. I saw that one, and then then I went back and I watched the original. Right. So. And, Wait, um, we're covering the original today, right? Yes. Okay, thank yes, God. Okay. Yes. No. no, sorry, Tony, but <laughs> sorry, we'll Candyman, some other time. You know, oh, I love Candyman. Yeah, we should, too. and actually, Candyman in this movie would be great to talk about, um, like the racial implications of both of them. I mean, both of them are commentaries, I think, on racial justice in America and the racial issues that were happening, especially in 1968. You're coming off the war. You're at the height of the civil, like. Not so. What is it? Civil rights movement. Civil rights movement. Thank you. I was right. I was second guessing. I almost said the Civil War because I was thinking of the Vietnam War. That's I'm, right. The old guy knew. The old guy <laughs> knew. <laughs> okay, so um, let's get let's get into the film for those who um haven't seen or are not film familiar. It is a zombie film. Yeah. One of the first, yep. or and at the time, it actually was hailed as the most gruesome. Yes. That one scene, um, when they're like physically like ripping the meat off and like gurgling the intestines which i thought was so funny because i was like how, first of all how is that if a zombie gonna disembowel a human to just like get their intestines i don't know but it was uh so it was very strange because at the very beginning of the movie they're coming to get you martha <laughs> when uh her brother and her at the cemetery yeah. the zombie that attacks them is actually fast okay so this is so i wanted to talk about this um i'm glad we're bringing it up now the zombies were very inconsistent for me because they're fast at some points and then they have like the forethought to especially the one that attacks barbara in the beginning pull on one door handle and then run around the car to the other side to pull the door handle and then when that doesn't work smash it with a rock enough to break the glass i was like this zombie is thinking (laughs) like so to me, it was a little, but it's also the first zombie movie. So there were no zombie rules really laid out. Yeah. And also like later on when Romero did his um, like fourth zombie film, he gives them intelligence. Yeah. Are we talking about um, the mall one, Dawn of the Dead? No, no, not Dawn of the Dead. Return it, of the Living Dead? Uh, Day of the Dead. Oh, Day of the Dead. Yes. yes. I mean, okay, guys. There's, there's a dead dead. There, there are all kinds of deads. <laughs> there's a billion one of these. <laughs> right? But this is the original, which was one of the best. One of the best. And I I forgot how much I really loved it. Yeah. Upon this rewatch, I was like, wow, it's so it's so good and it's so atmospheric. And it also really I don't know, it really hammers in a lot of great points I think that were being made at the time. I mean, we have Ben, our lead protagonist, our lead hero, who is a black man in nineteen sixty eight in a film. 
And I think that is so important. And I think that was such a good choice because we see, well, okay, we're not going to skip to the end yet. I'm getting excited. I I have so many thoughts to say about this film. So first we start with Barbara and her brother at the cemetery. He's mimicking a zombie and then gets killed by one. Um, And then from there, Barbara flees and gets to a home. And within that home, um, she finds Ben. Yes. Or actually, Ben finds her because I would love, we're going to get into it later, but the the stereotyping of Barbara, where she's just so weak and almost like, she's catatonic, I would say, for the whole film. She's like playing with a music box. She's rubbing like a a, like a linen cloth that she found and she never jumps into action she's just like she has she does nothing yes yep yeah she's she's traumatized beyond the point of belief by what's going on around her 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 little world is smashed her her world is smashed but at the same time she does nothing for herself and it's different because we have the later um mother character i forget her name right now and then we have the other young couple with judy and with them, we actually see those women trying to actually do something. Proactive. Yeah, but at least they're trying to like, I mean, granted, we have Judy who like follows her man out and then they both die. Um, But it, I think it's so interesting that you have like the two main characters would be Barbara and Ben. And they, I mean, to have her just be so docile and just like, I don't, I don't know. Her character really bugged me. Um, And then the only time she leaps into action is when she's seeing um, the mother. I forget the mom's name. I'm so sorry. The mother character get attacked by, um, oh no, not get attacked. And then she like jumps into action to like try and save her, which she does. She ends up fleeing and then um, the mother gets plot twist, killed by her own child, which I love. I love a killer kid. So I think that was really fun. Um, but I think the movie is so, it's so much more than what it comes off to be. Yes. There's a lot of undertones. There's a lot of undertones, racial undertones, feminist undertones. Uh, it's really well, well written. It is well written. And I, it's so, it's so timely still, because if you look at like, I don't know where I want to begin. I have so, I have so many thoughts. I said this on the way in. I was like, oh my God, I have so many thoughts. Um, so I think if we look at like, let's look at like the group dynamic first. So we have Ben and Barbara in the home. We then, they're then met by uh, two couples that were down trying to stay safe in the basement because the older gentleman of them believes that the basement is the safest spot. Right. Whereas Ben's like, no, here's the safest spot. And they go back and forth. And I think when you have, and you see it in all the zombie movies or most movies, I would say that you have groups of confined people in one location. Um, what breaks them down before they even fight their external threat is the group dynamics and distrust within one another. Once you have your main group flawed, like with distrust, with not working cohesively together, with doing things behind the other's back, when you have that starting, your group is going to dissolve and then your likelihood of living is going down. We see it time and time again. I mean, I just watched the movie um, Bodies, 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 which is that newer A24 horror film. And it still plays into that same mentality of once the group is fractured, there's no going back because this is all you have. And we do start to devolve when we're in high stress, confined situations. So I think we see that in this film. And with that, it's so interesting because you have it. Oh, we're staying downstairs. We're staying upstairs. We're staying downstairs. We're staying upstairs. And then he even blames Ben for the death of the two younger people when uh, they tried to get the car. Yeah. The, the, was it gas? Gas. Yeah. So uh, and the two younger people, uh, wasn't it? It was actually his uncle's house. Yeah. And he, 
they they had the key to the pump, and they if they could get the key to the pump, they could they get, the, get gas. the gas. But they couldn't find it, and they didn't know where it was, which is kind of ironic at the end of the place yeah. where it's at. But but yeah, so um, it is one of those movies where like basically the leadership role is in question because you have a predominantly black lead role trying to you know, lead the group, and then you have an older white man trying to like insert his authority, and they just clap, and then it just makes everything bad. It makes everything bad. But you see with the younger couple, I forget the guy's name, yeah. Judy's boyfriend. Yeah. Um, you see him follow Ben's lead, though. Yeah. You see him be like, yes, you're making the most sense. Let's follow you. And I think it's really interesting because even if we're looking like in today's climate or any climate, um, it is typically a younger generation that is more open to ideas versus an older generation. And I think we see... I think we, I think that comes to play here, even though it's not necessarily the point. I think it's I think it's a good point that they're making. Yeah, and like if you look at the the older man, he's he's from the generation where like men control everything. You can see how he treats his wife, and he's not a nice person. And then you see how like you know the younger couple, even the younger woman is like you know you're a jerk, you're a jerk, you know, because she doesn't want to be like ordered around by this guy. You know, and that's what he wants. He wants to like control everything. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like if you look at it in like a very like deep way, it's kind of like he's trying to control. He's like white America. Right. And he's trying to control this status quo and what he knows and what he wants. And then you have the younger generation. You have Ben. You have them coming in and being like, no, this is the way it's going to go. And you can kind of see that resistance on the smaller scale within this group. And then on the bigger scale through the zombie apocalypse, the end of times the police state that America's becoming at the end of the film. Because, I mean, when you have when you have the media, you have the state troopers, you have the police all forging in on this home, and then they kill kill Ben, seemingly because they think he's a zombie. But, yeah. come on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I heard a noise in the house. I mean, how fucking poignant is that? And how, how relevant is that still? Yeah. Yeah. And then to have the media there to make the spectacle of it, of oh look at how good we are look at what we've done what'd you do you killed an innocent man i mean to me that ending has hit so much harder now yeah and if you think about it like with all the things that have happened over the years i mean it's a very powerful ending i mean it's it's before it's time because it you know it, it predicted basically it did and i think it's what this movie does great too along that point of like how how the future is never really that surprising because we basically mapped it out for ourselves is the presence of media in this film. Now, I know that sounds crazy because it's like, oh, this is done in 1968. But like you have the TV, you have the radio, and these are omniscient forces that are driving the story in ways that are surprising because it's like, oh, we have to go to the radio. We have to listen to the TV. We have to do what the media is telling us. We have to do this. We have to do that. And it's like this like reliance on media that we now see through like the social media um, era is so crazy because it's like, oh, kids are on social media all the time. It's like, you're relying on this like news force for what? You know what I mean? Yes, 100%. So, so I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, so I just think it's so crazy that like even even we see it in the older couple, we see them being like, "Well, there's a radio up there. How dare you like lock us in this basement when there's a radio up there? Like we need to get to the radio. We need to hear what's being said." And then we see that come to full circle when we see the media at the end. We see that news and that media at the end um, manipulate what has happened to tell the story that they want. And I think it's crazy. 
and so poignant. And it came out in 68 and it's wild and it's awesome, but it's also really sad. But it's a, this is a great movie. I mean, the violence of it is great. I love when uh, Barbara finally dies. She gets like the house, like those zombies like come into the house and they like hoard her. And when they grab her with like all their arms and she just gets like enveloped. Oh my God, I thought it was, I thought it was so cool. I loved the visually, it's still so striking. It is shot in black and white, but it's still a beautiful film. Yeah. If you think about it, like, it's like all her fears and everything she's scared of and all the stuff that made her traumatized, like, basically comes true. She's helpless. She is helpless. And I mean, but she was so, she's, but there's one moment where is she helpless? Because there's one, there's one scene when she's first meeting Ben where she grabs a knife and she kind of points it and it's like, are you pointing this at Ben because you're racist and you're scared? Or are you like trying to arm yourself against the zombies? And it's like, well, Barbara, you're not perfect within your own right. Um, even so, like, I thought that was really interesting um, because it kind of led into like this idea of like the group fracturing, even though we see it from a catatonic Barbara. I mean, she goes fully catatonic after that, like legit sit, just sitting on the couch, just sitting on the couch. There's zombies outside and you're sitting on the couch. I mean, granted, I think, okay. This is another thing about the film, like just like little things. They were light and fires and Molotov cocktails everywhere. Yeah. And the house didn't catch on fire. Yeah. Ben literally lit a chair on fire on the porch and then just like kind of like like gingerly like tossed it. And I was like, this house is going to catch on fire. Yeah. This old rickety broken down <laughs> farmhouse is uh is durable. It's dur- <laughs> durable. No, it's not. So like I thought that was funny. But like so the zombies are afraid of fire. Right. But they have the forethought to leave but then still stay around because i don't know i didn't understand like so in most zombie movies like if they don't see movement like they don't go right right but they just like chilled outside the house all night yeah yeah i mean like you said it was one of the first zombie movies so they didn't really have like you know parameters of how like they should handle the zombies right they they would do and yeah there are no rules but still I mean, people claim that, like, the first fast zombie is in 28 weeks later, right? Yeah. But, I mean, these zombies were pretty fast. Yeah, yeah that one fighting Barbara. <laughs> the one yeah. fighting Barbara, like, yeah. literally chased a car down a hill. Yeah, yeah, he was after her. He, he was, was after her. Yep, I mean, and then I think, like, you know, Dawn of the Dead and things like that was when they really kind of made them less mobile. More, yeah, more like, uh, Yeah, more brain dead. Well, I don't know if it came up before this or after this they had released a movie called reefer heads did you ever hear of it i thought reefer heads came after it was it with when they about the zombie smoking weed and yeah becoming a zombie yeah and then um yeah did it come out after i'm like 90 it did i can check we'll do some live action googling right now yeah i i can't remember i know that it was in the 60s and they released it that it was reefer heads and it was supposed to like you know try to sway like the younger generation not smoking marijuana saying that would turn them into like brain dead zombies and uh which is kind of funny because now the government's like, hey, you can buy it. Uh, we're going to tax you. We're <laughs> hey. going to tax you. You're not going to be brain dead zombies. You're just going to owe us money. So yeah. it's kind of a, a funny thing. This is just reefer madness, you mean? Yes. So, oh, my God, no, that came out in 1936. What yeah. was I thinking of? Yeah, and um, it just kind of, the, the parallels to this movie where, you know, the teens are actually, like, trying to fight the zombies. And, like, they're older. Like, most of them, if you look at most of them, they're mostly older zombies. <laughs> I was like, hey, you know, don't younger kids have to be zombies too but it, it was like no and in this movie it was mostly all the older people yeah yeah so reefer madness was a movie that they had made in the 30s where you know for smoking marijuana and they were you know said that it would turn you into flesh-eating mindless zombies 
And um, I just thought that was kind of a funny parallel to this movie with the emphasis on like how the younger generation handled dealing with the zombie compared to the older generation. Absolutely. And I think here we see that parallel again with the younger couple and the older couple. Um, we should have done Reefer Madness with this. Right? I didn't it even been think funny. of that. That would have been funny. Um, but no, Night of the Living Dead is a great, great film. And I think I think it's so interesting when we see films like this because the idea of zombies come from stories like um, The Reanimator and yes. Frankenstein, right? Yep. But if you read Frankenstein, that's like one of the most beautiful books. Yep. It's actually very heartbreaking because it's the idea of like, beauty and what that and what how that holds power and like oh he's ugly he's weird well you liked me in the shadows when i was beautiful and elegant when i spoke like this and then like i mean i love i love the fr- the monster soliloquy to dr frankenstein in anarchica when he is like i have to live here i have to do this this is this is where i need to be because i am a monster to those people even though within myself i'm not a monster and i think we see that in night of the living dead not with the zombies but with ben where he's like i'm not i'm not your enemy here yeah and then he still dies yep. just like frankenstein's monster yeah funny story um mary shelley and um bram stoker wrote Frankenstein and Dracula at a writer's retreat. I they, love that. They wrote at the same time. That's amazing. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. I think that's awesome. Yep. So Were uh, they besties? I hope they were. I don't know if they were besties. I think they, they did know each other well, but uh, I don't think they were besties. But I thought that was kind of a you know, nice little like add on to that like little story. That's crazy that she wrote Frankenstein on a writer's retreat. Though. Yeah, a writer's retreat. <laughs> yep. Yep. And uh, we will be doing Frankenstein, the Wolfman and Dracula, but we won't be we won't be talking about the whole movies. We're just going to lead into them for, we're going to, next time we're going to do Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. If you guys haven't seen it, it's funny comedy. Hilarious. We'll get into it later. So back to Night of the Living Dead. Back to Night of the Living Dead. Back to zombie movies. I had another thought that I was going to say. About the daughter? The daughter. Okay. So yes. Okay. Because I love, I love a killer kid. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you, Ben. You're welcome. I love a killer kid. And I think it's so funny because. We always see it in zombie films. And I mean, obviously, this was the first one was, are you still who you are after you've been infected? The answer, a resounding no. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> you are. It's so funny because the scene reminded me. Do you remember what was the mall one? Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Um, When Mackay Pfeiffer's wife is giving birth to the zombie baby. Yes. And that's like all I could think of. I was like, for this to lead into that, that's like amazing. But yeah, so the daughter um, is bitten by a zombie. So you know, going in when she's like, oh, she was attacked by a zombie on our way to the house. It's like, oh, so she's she's coming back to kill. Yeah, she's in the house already, yeah. killing. I thought it was so funny that the deaths of both the parents though were so drastically different. So. We see both the parents being loving, the mom obviously being more doting than yes. the father. And so the dad gets eaten. Yeah. The mom gets stabbed. Yeah. And I thought that was so interesting that they gave the woman a much more violent death. Yeah. I was like, and like you see the dad get like eaten, but like you see this woman get stabbed. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Not like uh, brutalizing women on screen. Love to see it. Right. Has been happening forever. Um, but I thought it was really interesting that they made that distinct distinction. And I know why they did it because the payoff at the end was for the dad to come back as a zombie and for Ben to kill him. Right. Which is what happened. Right. And then the mom started to come back and then Ben killed her too. But I thought that it was just really interesting cho- choice to give them two separate deaths. Yeah, and I like that um, that a lot of the characters didn't actually die from the zombie. Oh yeah, you know that like like the young couple, uh, which I never understood because they're a young couple and 
he's living around the gas tanks their whole life, but they're gonna they can't get the key because they couldn't find the key. So his solution is to take a shotgun to it. Yeah. <laughs> I literally was like, okay, are we just are we just doing this because for what? Yeah. I mean, how stupid. How, how stupid, stupid? How stupid can you be? I mean, like you could tell anybody not, not to put fire near a gasoline, and even the youngest kid knows not to do that. You know, and this kid knew about the gasoline, lived around there. It was his uncle's place, and he's gonna take a shotgun to it to open it. Yeah, it made legit no sense. But I thought it was good because in horror shows, we um, movies, we always see people making dumb decisions, yes. right? And I think this is just like this is the start of that. This is where it's like, okay, you're gonna make you're stressed. You're gonna make a bad decision. Yeah. You're not gonna think this through, and you're gonna die. Yeah, and like in most zombie movies, everybody thinks that the zombie has to eat fresh flesh, flesh, but they were eating those charred bodies. <laughs> they were, they were eat, they disemboweled one of those bodies to get the intestines. Yeah. Like it is so crazy. The zombies in this movie were very inconsistent, yeah. but I still loved it. Um, but yeah, so dumb. Yeah. You're gonna blow it up? No, my dude, just get back in the house. But you know, there's been so many remakes of these movies. I mean, uh, they made Tony Todd remake of this one, Night yeah, Living Dead, and then um, Ben Rames made the remake of dawn of the dead right so i mean so it keeps on going like these movies are are iconic i mean they people love these movies i mean if you make a remake people are gonna flock to it because they want to see if you can live up to the quality of the very first one and i think it's and i think it's still a story that can be retold through a modern lens and it still hits the same because those themes are the same which i think is actually a depressing a depressing statement because it's like oh the state of america has not changed no, it hasn't. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, in Dawn of the Dead, the remake, Ben Reams is kind of the lead. The little leader. Yeah, he's the lead in it, and he's a black actor. And in the original, they didn't have any black actors. And I don't believe there was a black actor in the original Dawn of the Dead. I might be wrong. I can't remember. I haven't seen the original yeah, Dawn in so long. Ever since I've seen it. I do like the 2004 remake. Yeah, it was, it was great. I mean... Especially with the fast zombies. Oh you know? my god, yeah. And then uh, the guy across the street. I like when they're shooting the zombies that like look like Burt so, Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the new one I think is very funny. Uh, don't really like Zack Snyder, but he did do that. So I guess I have to give him a little bit of credit. Yeah, and it's like there's been a lot of good like spin offs of like Shaun of the Dead that we, yeah. we did. I mean, so there's been a lot of movies that came out of it, Reanimator. Um so there's been a lot of good zombie movies that have come from it. Um, 28 Weeks Later. 28 Weeks Later, which was great zombie movie. Great. Like, I was actually scared to death sometimes. Oh, my God. 28 <laughs> Days Later. 28 Weeks Later is the sequel. Yes. 28 <laughs> Weeks Later is the sequel. My God. Yeah, but still, true. a great zombie movie. Um, and then you have, like, World War Z. And I don't know. There's literally a billion zombie yeah, movies. Tons of zombies. And then the, there's the shows. Uh, so the many Dead, shows. Yeah. Which has done phenomenal. It's one of the gross, highest grossing shows in history. And then they even have like Fear the Walking Dead. Yep. The Talking Dead. Yep. I don't know. Talk the, about a phenomenon. Dead Dead. The Dead Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, wait, let's, they made a lot of money off these movies. I mean, zombies. I zombies mean, are a big thing, just like vampires are a big thing. Um, we're going to be doing Blade yep. because they're it's coming out. Yep. Blade. And we should be doing Hellraiser too because the new one drops on Friday. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yep. I picked two. She's picking two because we got four. Four, four weeks. Four. Yeah, we got so, four. Yeah, so she's gonna pick two, and I'm picking two. I picked this, and I picked uh, Abbott Costello. She's picking. Oh, I don't know the lot of pressure on the spot. I defo want to say Hellraiser. All right, great movie because I love it. Yeah. The original spinoffs were great. Yeah. The sequel, <laughs> yeah. No, we're not gonna talk about the second and third ones, but the first one and this new one. Okay, I'm gonna say because I obviously haven't seen it yet. Um, 
the new priest, the new pinhead, um, doesn't look very wet. And like Clive Barker has like wet creatures. Like, and this one looks really dry. This is my main critique going into it, um, just off vibes and trailers alone. Um, I'm still very excited for it, but there's something, there's something wet and grotesque about the initial creature, like about the initial gods. And I'm not, I'm not getting it in this one. Yeah. I, I, my experience was with Clive Barker, where actually I read his books first, uh, The Books of Blood. That's where Hellraiser came from. There's yes. a short story in that. There was three, there's three of them, and uh, I love them. And then there's another one. He has a movie out. It's Rawhead Rex. Mm-hmm. That's another good Clive Barker movie. That's It's really nice. He has another one, too, doesn't he? I think so. He, He's, like, very prolific. Yeah, and his stuff is really great. I, I want to say he did something about a circus. And um, they made a show out of it, I think. I, don't know. Uh, I think it was HBO. I'm not 100% positive. But Clyde Bach is a great author. You get the chance to read him. I mean, yeah. he's got some seriously twisted stuff. I mean, I don't believe he has any zombie stuff. I don't think he does. Unless he has a short story, but I don't think so. I mean, Cell for Stephen King, that's kind of zombie-ish. Mm, kind of. You know? But yeah, so like a lot of stuff did come off the, the zombie movies. And um, they're still making them today. The shows are still coming out today. So uh, I don't know if you've watched the original Night of the Living Dead. Uh, it is black and white. But if you watch it, you're going to definitely, definitely like it. Because it's you. even though it's black and white, you can't tell. You're, just, you're so focused and wrapped up in the character. And here's the thing. I don't get the critique of people saying you don't like a black and white movie. Okay, you're boring. Like, just because it's black and white doesn't take away any value. It was just made in a time where they weren't producing color film or color film was expensive to produce. I I think that it's black and white is fine. I think it's still in enough of, I think the material is still engaging enough and still timely that that is such an afterthought. It's still so good. If you watch it on HBO Max, um, it's the Criterion Collection version. So it's the one that was restored by the MoMA. Um, incredibly well done and great quality um i would highly re- i highly recommend it i think it's a great film yeah i do too I, I i do too and i think like as far as the black and white thing goes a lot of newer movies uh some of them are actually coming out in black and white like wasn't exactly it Sweet todd didn't that wasn't that- no that was that was just very gray <laughs> yeah, right. uh, but uh, okay but like here's a perfect example yeah. um the Shape of Water, when that came out, yeah. Guillermo del Toro wanted to m- film the whole movie in black and white, yeah. but the budget would have been like double or something. So he did it in color and just had the one scene in black and white. But I think that's so crazy that like this is what people could do na- then and now people want to do it and it's expensive. So I, um, that's digital media though. Yeah. Um, I just, I love, I don't, I have no problem with black and white movie. Like, okay, all old movies are like fun and old and like some people look at practical effects now and call it camp, but it's like, Practical effects still hold up. I'm so sorry. We won't get back into the practical versus CGI debate because I can. I always find a way to launch into Adam. it. <laughs> Adam. Adam. Oh, Adam wants to come back, he said. Oh, yes. Adam, come back. Um, Dorbins. Dorbins can come back. Uh, we have people that want to come on and we want you to come on because it's fun. We have a, such a good time. It, it's just such a fun time. It's so fun. I know this movie, um, there was, weren't as many laughs in this one because um, it's a little bit more of a serious topic. Yes. Um, but still wholly... Holy fun, holy good. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, as always, I have a good time. Do you, do you want to add anything before we go? Um, stay spooky, my friends. Watch um all the scary movies you can. Hocus Pocus. I heard Hocus Pocus two was trash. No, it was actually. I went into it thinking it was going to be trash, and I, I will say that Bette Midler and them did a phenomenal. They were incredible. Like they okay. did a great job. Good acting can only carry a movie so right. far. And the the movie wasn't all that but it wasn't terrible it was like it was okay yeah like, i heard yeah 
Okay. Well, you actually saw it. I did not. Yeah. If you go into it thinking that it's going to be some phenomenal thing, you're highly let down. But if you go into it thinking, like, it's hocus pocus, what are they going to do with it? And then if you look at it like that, you're kind of like, all right, it was the Sanderson sisters carry the movie. Okay. Well, that's good. I do like them. I do. Okay. Uh, we'll see. I do. The original is just so good. Yes. The original was phenomenal. You can't top the original. And this one didn't in any way, shape, or form. And it wasn't spectacular. I mean, I wasn't, like, blown away with it. I just... The Sanderson sisters, those three are so good together. Their chemistry together is just oh, yeah. phenomenal. And they carried that movie. Well, I feel like Bette Midler could have chemistry with a legit oh, lamp. So she's, she's so, so good. Yeah, she's a, a her Divine Madness um, show, if you get a chance to watch it, that's one of my favorite. Oh, I will. Yeah, it's Divine Madness. And when she does um, the Chapel of Love, she comes out, she's wearing a big bell. Like, <laughs> listen, before there was Gaga, before there was all that, Bette Midler did her thing. I mean, she was like the queen of like odd oddities. I love it. I love Bette Midler. Okay, well, this has been so fun. Um, Halloween, spooky season, scary movies. If you guys have a favorite scary movie, uh, write in. Tell us what it is. Maybe we'll do a bonus of it because we we know what we like. We want to know what you like, and that would I think that'd be fun. Send us like a DM on Twitter, Instagram, yeah. TikTok, YouTube. Anywhere we're open, we want to listen to what you guys have to say. So let us know. Oh, 100%. And uh, if you get a chance, go into Salem. If you're in this Massachusetts area, oh my God. you got to go into Salem for Halloween. It's an incredible experience. It's also a traffic experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, not, do not think you're not going to pay for parking because you are. Oh There's my God. no way to get around it. But once you're there, and you, it's just so much fun. And um, if you can... My friend, uh, Nikki DeMarcus, has a store up there called Man Bat. He does Man Bat art. It's uh, paintings with, like, like people in tuxedos, but they have the bat's heads. That's and, cool. Uh, yeah, he, he's, he's done very well. He's, he's actually met the original creature from the Black Lagoon. That's actually he's, sick. He met the original Boba Fett. Uh, That's cool. He's really into, like, the gothic scene. Yeah. And, uh, he's done so much. He's met Elvira. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, he's, he's like my hero. Nikki, love you, kid. Shout out, Nikki. Shout out, Nikki. Um, also shout out Salem go there just give yourself like three hours to get in park yeah yeah no lie yeah and then but once you're there you're gonna have a great time you know the house of seven gables yeah Salem willows the, the witch museum it's just so much to do you're gonna have a good time it's a good time it's a good time New England is the best for fall yep, yep. Um. so yeah just stay spooky guys we'll see you next week alright we'll tune in next time to what's happening